Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Hoopboard Visitor Information and Destination Marketing Podcast. I am Brian Reynolds, and with me is our CEO, Satya Shahade. Satya, how are you? Doing great, Brian. Thanks. Okay, great. And uh, we have a great guest today. Uh, Our guest today is uh, all the way from Florida and Orlando North in Seminole County. He is the tourism director. Everyone, please say hello to Guy Cunha. Hello, Guy. How are you? Hey, Brian. Hey, Satya. Glad to be here. It's kind of awesome when you listen to the Visitor Information Destination Marketing Podcast and all of a sudden you're on it. It's it's a pretty cool experience. Thank you. For sure. Well, we're absolutely happy to have you here. You know, it's been a lot of, uh, in, and I do know listeners to us, and uh, I can talk about personal experience. Uh, we have a lot of, uh, when, it, when we think about Florida, the great state of Florida and the destination and how beautiful it is and how much fun. And obviously me growing up, uh, I'm going to Disney World in Orlando, uh, you know, just getting to know that, you know, you know how it is. Uh, so getting to talk about the, you know, the destination marketing as a whole and for the state, this is uh, really looking forward to this conversation. So With that, and uh, that kind of actually goes nicely into what I was kind of talking about the different parts of Florida, but let's talk specifically about Northern Orlando and Seminole County. I just want to get your idea of like kind of how it's positioned, uh, what is is the landscape and the marketing, and uh, you know, if there's any like information on the competing destinations, you know, uh, can you give me me an information to get to know the, uh, your area specifically? Definitely, definitely. So Orlando North Seminole County, we've always been positioned to push kind of our ecotourism, food and beverage. Uh, we have a couple of downtown areas here in downtown Sanford, downtown Lake Mary, uh, uptown Altamont, as it's called. These are just, I mean, foodie destinations, awesome, awesome location for European fusion cuisine. Absolutely fantastic. We're more the you know, less corporate adult side of Central Florida. You know, along with our ecotourism, we're, we're pretty much the exact opposite of Orange and Osceola County, which is very corporate. The theme parks are great, you know, it's awesome. But what we really attract, you know, when you talk about going to Disney and Universal and SeaWorld, all that's an absolutely unbelievable experience. But once you've gone to it once or twice, you know, we start looking more at what else is there to do in Central Florida. And we've really been targeting the individuals that look for a much more authentic experience to Central Florida. So for us, we don't ever say, hey, don't ever go to theme parks. No, you go to theme parks, have a great time, but stay with us. We know that your experience with us will be much more authentic. You know, when you when you look and you have to wait 11 months out of the year to do, you know, the cuisine roundabout at uh, Epcot or, or, or with the SeaWorld, you can do that any day of the week here in any of our downtown districts. So for us, we're always catering not only towards the individuals that have visited the theme parks, but also the individuals looking for affordability and accessibility. We are literally right at the heart of Central Florida. We have our own airport here, Orlando Sanford International Airport, and we're also a 30, 45 minute drive from Orlando International Airport, uh, MCL. So, I mean, there's no place in Florida where within 45 minutes, you can either be at the beach or at the theme parks. That's that's pretty amazing. It is. Um, by the way, Brian um, Brian knows this, but uh, I was keeping a surprise. I was we actually pushed back your podcast last week because I was in Florida myself. Uh, went down to Miami, 
And I was like, okay, I do I talk to Guy or um, we are gonna do this? So <laughs> so by like, okay, Guy can wait uh, for just a week, but it's it's amazing you put it this way because um, while I was driving, we know we were gonna chat, and I was kind of soaking in the the beauty. We actually drove in. Um, so we could go all the way down from Jacksonville, all the way down to Miami Beach. And um, I'm looking at, okay, this is such an amazing, as a state, amazing tourist destination because um, they have built over years. And I don't know if there was like a grand master plan or just happened, but there's obviously beaches and all, you can't have a grand master plan for that. That just <laughs> nature gives it to you. Right. And then on top of that, there's uh, all this organized thing, right? Like corporate uh, theme parks and the Daytona, um, you know, uh, uh, speedways. So all of these things. And then you have the real heart. You, it, you come down to places like yours, the Everglades, where uh, Everglades is still kind of quite well known, but generally yeah. that landscape where you are going to go into the next level and get deeper into that community. Um, and I was very curious how you, you guys do your job. And it seems like you, you positioned yourself very well into saying, you know, take a look at everything else and then put your heart into the nature here. Is, is, that, is that how you're kind of hitting it over and over again? And is that how you do your job, I guess? Yeah, the authentic, first off, Satya, let me say as a, as a former Miami Beach resident, it's good to have you back safely. Uh, I know yes. that <laughs> Miami Beach was a little crazy this time of year. Uh, it's always been kind of crazy during spring break. And I know this year uh, made international news. So proud of uh, the hometown there. <laughs> it's, it's like... It's like I, I'm close to Philadelphia. It's like the Eagles fans. You know what? We, we just love what we do. <laughs> that is, that, that, thank God there's no snow in Miami or we would have thrown snowballs at the uh, Santa Claus as well. Yeah. Like the <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that reference. That's a good reference. I know that reference. <laughs> no, but, but for us, for us, it's all based in uh, authenticity. So we don't, we, we try desperately from, we've created our voice here. We've refined the, the brand image, the brand voice since 2016 has to be authentic. So any, awesome. any type of marketing, any type of content you see through our social media channels, our website, our podcast, these are all experiences that our team has actually partaken in. So that's the only way to really, when we say, hey, we can show you the true Florida, you know, experience that you're not going to see in Disney and Universal and all that. Yeah, when If you're interested in staying away from that for the time, we've already, we've already experienced it. We've already tasted the foods. We've drank the drinks. You know, for us, perfect examples like uh, the whole fad on uh, goat yoga. So that over here took, you know, uh, a kind of a weird turn, not a yoga guy myself, but saw that there was some interest and saw that we actually had a resident who was selling an experience for horse yoga. That's actually one of our most popular podcast episodes. So we're like horse yoga, what on earth is that? So uh, we have our content team in-house. We sent the content team out to experience what horse yoga is. And you are literally on a Clydesdale massive horse. Wow. Ooh, yeah. 
<laughs> and you are literally doing yoga on top of the horse and oh the God. horse is pretty much trained to go through the yoga routine and interact with you at certain points. Absolute insanity. It's it's a crazy, crazy, crazy experience. Our team loved it. We had a photo shoot, video shoot out there. It's all on, on our blog and a podcast. And it's those type of experiences that, that really connect with individuals. When, you know, this could not be any further than, you know, corporate. You know, yeah. you are literally out in nature in real Florida and you're there, you know, going through a, a yoga session on a horse. So those experiences are, are I mean, they make up our entire count, our entire county's, you know, amenities. So when we, when you're going for an airboat ride and, and to, you know, interacting with alligators and you're with individuals that live in that area that interact with alligators 24 seven. So that is so amazing. There's so many questions I have right off that. But I know, I know we jumped right in. So I'm going to step back because the first question that comes to my mind, and I know this is on Brian's mind probably as well, is how did you personally, you know, get into all this? Like, tell, tell us a little bit about yourselves. I know we jumped right in because we were excited. Let's step back a little bit. Um, talk about you uh, for a minute. And then I'm going to go back to the horse yoga. Um, you bet. <laughs> I bet I, you bet I will. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was just, I mean, it's the, we could say, you know, the world works in mysterious ways. There was just sheer happenstance. I mean, from Miami, I thought I was going to grow up and, and retire in Miami my whole life. You know, I got my, my undergrad in hospitality and tourism from Florida International University, got my master's in sports administration, you know, from St. Thomas University down in Miami. And I was always just saying like, hey, I'm going to find a way to stay in the tourism or sports industry here. Um, and then out of the blue, my brother played for University of Central Florida up here. He, played, he got a full scholarship, played football over here. And he just reached out and said, look, you know, Seminole County is looking for someone with tourism and sports as, you know, their experience. And I was the current uh, assistant director of uh, events at FIU at the time for, for athletics. We did Miss Universe. We did uh, HBO's Ballers. Um, if, you, if, if this was a video podcast, I actually have a small cameo in the first episode of HBO's Ballers. But, oh, that's uh, awesome. I'm, that's actually on my list. Uh, that's actually on my list to watch. Somebody told me and it's on HBO. So maybe I'll, yeah. I'll watch out for you. You know, it, it was it was just crazy, Sati. It was I've worked at different resorts, hotels, restaurants my whole life. You know, tourism in Miami is just it's a way of life. And when I looked and I just I, I saw there was a huge investment, thirty million dollars in youth sports facilities here in Seminole County. Took a trip up here, absolutely loved the community, loved the direction, loved the investment. The team here is just absolutely fantastic. And it was one of those that was like, hey, you know, I, you, you think you only feel at home in one place, but I've always been a, a huge proponent of, of get outside your comfort zone. That's how you're right. really going right. to develop. That's how you're really going to push the envelope. And uh, my wife and I said, hey, let's, let's take this gamble. You know, let's take this gamble, this new county. And uh, 
I can tell you we've never been happier. This is an unbelievable experience. We have a theme here in, in our office that if we're not having fun, we're not doing our job. So yeah. um, <laughs> that's, that's really, really been the theme. Of course, we have hard days, but here I can tell you our office, you're always going to hear laughter. You're always going to have, you're going to hear a good time. And it's led to, you know, unprecedented success in Seminole. We've had the highest demand numbers. We lead our current mm -hmm. Orlando destination marketing area, DMA in recovery. Um, our, our bed tax has continued to increase, which is going to lead to more capital investment here. So it's just, you know, this, this kind of mindset that we have here, because we don't have really goals in our office. We really try to establish a mindset to move yeah. forward. And this type of mindset has really paid dividends for us. So I can tell you that started off in Miami, never pictured being here. But it was uh, it was a it was really a perfect match. I couldn't I couldn't be happier. And and how far uh, back was that? Do you you moved here? Um, 2016. 2016. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yes. You you've been you can call yourself now from Central Florida in a couple of years. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> a couple of years. Yeah, some, of, some of our locals here always remind me, oh, you're a Miami guy. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I do feel more at home here. Yeah. yeah. I'm gonna tweet. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm gonna tweet yeah. at HBO and ask to give Guy a spinoff series for HBO Go. Or he <laughs> <laughs> was the star of Ballers at first. At least, where's the spinoff? I series? at least need my own IMDb. I'm telling you. I'm yeah. Sure. Like, Hold on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> get him an IMDb profile. Start him there. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. They have more exposure than, than than I do for sure. Yeah. That's. I think that does qualify for IMDb. To be honest with you, I might have to check into that. <laughs> get on that. But it's it's like uh, it's like we were previously talking about it. It's when you're in Miami, you're exposed to just so much. It, it really is tourism down there. So it's a way of life. So when you're you're not only organizing HBO's production and helping them, you know, fit their schedule into your facility with all, you know, football team needs to practice, soccer team yeah. needs to practice, or get your fittingness, and all of a sudden, casting director says, hey. You know, we need a couple of big guys to shoot some football scenes. And you're like, all right, <laughs> <There> you <go. laughs> let's do it. Yeah. You got the events director doing it for you. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, this is uh, this is amazing. And it uh, I think I think it also talks about coming in from a bigger destination of though, though you are more in, focused into the university space. Uh, and we'll talk about that, too, because that's a curious mar market that we think of how universities uh, and and their attraction power in terms of tourism. So I would love to kind of hit on that point a little bit later, though it was not something that I imagined I'd asking you till now. Um, but uh, going back to that horse yoga and all the all the 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 unique things, it's it's amazing how what destinations can do. And and for all the destinations who might be hearing this how many amazing things they might be missing out of their own destination if they are not watching closely, right? Uh, things like horse yoga, things like unique food opportunities, things like um, just a walking trail experience. That is something that they might have missed if they don't themselves experience. And you talked about making uh, your team kind of experience all of that. The, delve into a little bit more about why it's important for your team to experience and yourself in some cases to experience some of these things uh, so that you could tell the story about it uh, as well. 
it, it all goes back to the uh, authenticity of, of your voice. It, it, it ties a little bit to your integrity here because perfect example is how can we start you know, pushing content through social media about how awesome and great an experience is. We never experienced it ourselves. You know, we take our voice, our messaging very seriously, um, tie, tie that in with our, our KPIs, our, our indicators and research that, that we constantly are reading about. Um, and it really comes down to it's 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 vinegar coming out of my mouth saying that uh, it's close to a Disney concept, but uh, did yeah. a conference yeah. over at Disney and uh, their HR director, you know, they were like, hey, people always ask us, how do we, how, how are we so successful with talent acquisition? And they're like, well, when we hire a housekeeper, we hire someone that on their off time, on their off time, you know, when they're at home, they're keeping their house clean. They generally yeah. enjoy keeping their, their house clean. And that's what we look for here. You know, our team here, there is no nine to five. There is, yeah. and, and that's the thing that's impressive is we'll be at home eight, nine, 10 o'clock at night. Now get a text from our, our manager or coordinator. Hey, look how awesome this idea is. Let's do this. Hey, I'm interested in doing that. So our team's filled with individuals that love tourism, you know, yeah. and, and yeah. That's, that's the big thing was in 2016, it was changing this mindset that CVB and DMOs for us in Seminole County, we, we are not successful in the office, you know, 40 hours a week. That isn't right. it. Correct. You know? Correct. So it was literally saying, all right, got the majority of time are spent out of the office go i'll take care of the backside i'll take care of the kpis i'll make sure all the the grunt work work is taken care of because i am not the voice of yeah. our yeah. industry yeah. Uh, of yeah. our destination so that's what's really been key our team is rarely in the office we're always around either interacting with visitors or interacting with partners and helping push that story and that's what we've seen our social media growth has, has I mean, from, from one month to another, we went from 2,000 followers on Instagram up to 16,000 once we that's brought social awesome. media in house. PR frequency increased. Uh, every metric from 2016 on, it, it's, we've, we've hit, I mean, per, our website sessions, lowest bounce rate, engagements, all that stuff just works. And it comes back to, the fact that the person speaking to you can literally tell you their personal experience, what they thought of the cuisine, yeah. what they thought of the attraction. So that's where the basis of all our success is. And it was a genesis in 2016 when we sat down that said, hey, we're not doing the corporate angle. Disney yeah. can yeah. beat us every single day. Universal can beat us every single day in, in corporate marketing. That's not yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah, it is. Uh, it is crazy that um, it is crazy that some of these organizations spend. But I, th I think I guess the opportunity for you being so close, but yet in shadow is wait a minute, they're bringing the visitors nearby anyways. Uh, I guess the problem changes for you in a, in a good way to okay, how can we uh, tap into that flow that's happening? generally and and i think 
the focus that you seem to have put on is let's be authentic. Let's talk about what we have here uh, in terms of our experiences, not in terms of like marketing material. And that just kind of takes it to a, to a next level, which is very interesting. Uh, very interesting. Brian, your thoughts. Well, um, <clears throat> you took the th- uh, kind of thoughts out of my mind there too. It's like, I remember visiting a, a, a Disney World and uh, the idea of going back to Disney World because I have a four-year-old now. So I feel like, okay, well, eventually between now and uh, if he gets too old, uh, you know, it's kind of a, 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 not that you are too old for Disney World. Quite frankly, that's where I, I proposed to my wife is in front of the, the, the Magic Kingdom and in, in, in front of the castle. And, nice. But now when I think about Orlando, I'm like, okay, well, what? even doing research for this podcast, I was like, oh, I want to do all this stuff. I don't want to go wait in line for an hour and a half. I don't want to you know, pay $14 for a drink there on, on, on the, on the, the grounds. I want to go do stuff. And so, and I want to go back actually, uh, Guy, to what you were talking about earlier, because uh, sounds like a lot of great things are happening since 2016, talking about the KPIs, how you've seen a lot of growth there, a lot of good uh, kind of engagement and uh, things are growing. And Satya made a good point. Uh, uh, he's made this uh, point um, in, actually a, a few months ago, and I keep repeating it because I like it. He's talking about how we all, all of this over the past year, there's a lot of pent up kind of people want to get out of the home, and as things roll out, uh, you know, uh, safely uh, and smoothly, and hopefully in a you know a, in a, uh, a a good manner and a nice uh, smooth manner, uh, you know, people are going to probably there might be a flood or some sort of like people making up for lost time situations. So I would say that I would probably lean into the Florida KPIs even more. And I do have this one question about like you've had you're seeing a lot of success. And I'm just wanting to see if there's anything like you can offer uh, advice to any other DMOs who maybe are in a similar situation or if they're trying to kind of replicate what you've done or if there's any kind of thought process or any kind of a a strategic process that one can go through to maybe uh, uh, kind of grow in the way that you have. Yeah, we, I I can tell you there's a, a caveat here, very important caveat. So we've always marketed, um, to drive markets throughout the Southeast region of the United States. Um, And from a group standpoint, we've always marketed to our sports uh, group and Smurf market, Uh, just because our largest ballroom in county is 9,000 square feet. So conventions are not gonna be hosted in county, you know, very large meetings, our largest hotel room our largest hotel has, I think it's about 320 rooms max. So we're, we're mainly made up of select service and extended state properties. So we've always marketed to the transient leisure drive market from the South, the Southeast region and, and our sports, our youth sports market. So when the pandemic hit, the tip of the spear of that pent up demand, we've been reaching out to them for years now. Now they are not a high yielding market. That's why our much larger uh, uh, sister county, Orange and Osceola, they really targeted the international markets, the conventions. So once the pandemic hit, we knew that was the last to recover. So for us right now, and and what we continuously preach to, to, our leadership, our, our commissioners here, being that we are a government agency, uh, is that we had a head start, but game on now. You know, because there is the, the equation that we're looking at is pent up demand minus the increased competition that we are definitely seeing from the other larger DMOs 
is going to equal your market share. So that's what we're that's what we're looking at now. So that's the big caveat here is we have to double down on what's working, but we also have to understand that there is going to be competition, unprecedented competition for our market share like never before. Because when you look at other destinations that have these massive convention centers, they're not chasing small youth sports tournaments. You know, when from a a transient standpoint, they're not chasing Thrive Market, they're chasing international market. It's a much higher yielding market. You know, but right now, it's the worst kept secret in all the terms that Drive Market's gonna be the first to rebound and Smurf and weddings are pretty much gonna lead the group side as well. So for us, doubling down on what's, what's working and increasing the frequency of our content production that you see our messaging uh, continuously always having a, a, a piece of content to revert back to making sure it's multimedia. So when you see our blog, you're seeing images along with videos and it leads you to a podcast discussion of the blog, which sure. then will lead you to our social media. So it's creating this constant content environment that we're doing so just to just to convert and more engagement, convert and more engagement. That's what we're looking. But again, that is also stretching our team because, you know, we have to get constantly new photography. We have to get constantly new video. We have to edit. So it's, it's really a, a race at this point. But at the end of the day, it will depend. Our market share will depend not, not just on that pent up demand, but on what that competition really looks like. And and I uh, that also uh, begs me into thinking. This is amazing, and I'm glad you kind of openly brought up the competition that is there because it's going to be there. It's not going away, uh, you know. And yeah, you might get a couple months of head starts thanks to the pandemic, which we all hope never happened. Um, but uh, this is a this is a problem that you have all the time, right? Not just whether not just during the pandemic or not. You are going. You just have these massive, massive destinations right next to you. Uh, You guys have your uniqueness. It's definitely one thing to position yourselves as the anti-corporate, which is obviously a great marketing uh, strategy there uh, and positioning. Rub when the rubber meets the road, when somebody is driving in in um, Orlando or they visit a resort in Orlando or some you know somebody happens to be going to Tampa or somewhere else, how do you apart from the ads and you know the the Google tracking that every everyone can imagine, how do you get into their heads for that specific trip, right? You know, what are the ways that you target? And and again, what I'm trying to get out of here is get you to talk about some of these tactics that, that again, somebody, you know, some new destination marketing manager um, somewhere else in the world has something to learn from, right? You have done this for years now, uh, help them learn how you actually target at a very, um, you know, at the ground level, right? How do you make it happen? So for us, one of the things that we, we saw has been effective, we've seen that's been effective, effective, sorry. Uh, we've, 
when we're tracking through SCIFT research and seeing that at the at the forefront of the pandemic, the, the only market that was slightly increasing was that friends and family travel. You know, and that and we saw that of course there's a stronger connection when you when you're going to see someone you're familiar with. So for us, we said, well, let's introduce visitors to our partners. Let them see our, our personality and know more than just the services and amenities provided in that business. So we connected, we, we put a face to a lot of the businesses in these downtown districts. So when you come into Seminole County, we have a, a one of the, the, I would say the best German fusion restaurant in, in all of Florida, to be honest, the Willow Tree mm-hmm. Cafe, absolutely amazing. It's, an, uh, it's a restaurant attraction. You get a show, great food. There's a rooftop bar. There, there's a, a kind of a lodge there, very old school, just awesome, awesome, awesome experience. But when you look, all you're seeing is the menu, all you're seeing is the experience. But what we did is we introduced the third generation owner, Christina Hollerbach, of her family's business. So when you get to the willow tree, you know Christina. You've listened to Christina. You know what, what, from a very authentic standpoint, what her likes are, what her dislikes, what was the concept behind this bar, this expansion. So we created more of a connection between the visitor and the destination down to the level of the, the, the district that they're going to visit, the yeah. attraction, yeah. the, the yeah. It, it, it's more than the menu. It's more than the service. We are connecting people at this point. And yeah. that's kind yeah. of the, the, the deep dive that we did with the pandemic. And we are seeing a lot of engagement from that standpoint. So when we talk about horse yoga, individuals that have listened to our podcasts or read our blogs will say, that's Caitlin. You know, yeah. I know, Caitlin, I know she graduated from UCF. You know, I, and you see the video, I know what Caitlin looks like. I already know more about her than she does about me. So we're not starting at zero, zero. You know, this isn't, this isn't a cold call that's happening. You already know something about me, you know, and that's how we look at even from our destination standpoint, during our podcast, you'll hear about my wife, you'll hear about my child, you'll hear about, you know, the, the upbringing, we're creating a connection, we're reaching through the mic, through the, the camera, and saying, hey, we're here, we're, we're, we're pretty cool people, and we'd love to have you come visit us. You that, that, oh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, Brian, go ahead, uh, Brian. Well, I was going to switch gears a little bit. So, Satya, if you wanted to follow up with something real quick, but uh, yeah, I uh, yes, I do want to follow up here because this uh, this is uh, extremely this this is uh, in fact you kind of almost validated a little bit of what we are doing here, uh, uh, you know, Guy, because uh, we always think our job is to also connect people to experiences, people to these businesses. And we are using, uh, we're partnering with destination marketing organizations um, to basically bring that out, right? But people forget and a lot of destinations forget that they are getting the tax money, but ultimately the rubber meets the road, you know, uh, 
thing or the, uh, the, the activity is when a visitor comes in and they are going to have that awesome experience and they are going to feel connected and they're going to take those memories back with them. It's not about just putting your ad dollars and, and bringing people in and then forgetting about what happens in the end. It's, it's that starting point is people like, um, you, you mentioned Caitlin, I don't want to butcher the name again, but you <laughs> mentioned her. It's, that is the starting point, that business owner, that, that attraction, that particular activity, and then the full loop comes back to that visitor enjoying that that experience in the end. And we are all people helping right in the middle, especially tourism organizations like yours. Um, and I think a lot of times I've, I feel like um, uh, people might forget that. People, either either you, you're a marketing manager or a person coming in, you're forgetting that ultimately you're connecting people. That's our jobs. And we are making, we are the glue that makes things happen. Right, and it seems like um, the, the way you are putting it, I, I, I almost want to work for you because it would be interesting to it. It would be interesting to kind of learn how what more ideas you have there. So, game on. I, I don't think we are done with this podcast yet. Um, Thirty five minutes or so in. So let's um, let's let's go, Brian. Yeah, I do have I do have a few more points. I'm sorry. This this could be a two two part episode. Well, if you if you uh, if you go work for Guy, uh, then I get to be CEO, and that's the I think yeah. that's the rule. That's the rules of secession, right? Yeah. Maybe we'll start with the internship. Maybe we'll start with. <laughs> <the internship. laughs> Come okay. on down, we'll, we'll love to yeah. have you, Sati. Yeah. Okay, uh, so this go. Oh, it's go okay, uh, Sati. That's okay. All right. Uh, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, so in one of your podcasts, because you were mentioning your podcast, and uh, I wanted to bring up your podcast. And first off, uh, why don't you uh, tell everyone what is the name of your podcast so we all can download it and listen to it? Yeah, it's the, it's an acronym O N S C podcast, acronym for Orlando North Seminole County. Uh, we're on Spotify, Apple, Spreaker, iHeart, <laughs> anywhere and, you get podcasts. <laughs> and it's it's a great podcast. I've listened to many episodes, and I was looking for just to kind of get to know you a little bit more. And I highly recommend it. To, after you finish this podcast, please go listen to their podcast, download episodes. But in one of your podcasts, I thought this was interesting. You mentioned that tourism runs through the education system there in Florida. And uh, so why don't you maybe expand a little bit on that and kind of the efforts involved with that, uh, developing leaders uh, in the space there and uh, how you combine and engage the university and, and, and educational system to, uh, uh, you know, help the, destina help the destination. Definitely, definitely. And it's education for us, not only is paramount, it's the foundation of the entire, I mean, of the entire tourism industry spectrum here. Uh, coming from growing up, uh, graduate of Academy of Hospitality and Tourism from Miami Beach Senior High, uh, then going into Florida International University, the, the Chaplain Hospitality Program there. What you, it's, it's crazy because it pushes your knowledge and experience on events on, I mean, reading uh, occupancy reports and ADR, you are light years ahead of anyone that starts at the university level. So what we saw in high school, and especially since for a lot of the students there working was not just an opportunity, but a necessity for your, your I mean, for your family at that point. You know, so for us, what we looked at was 
okay, how can we continue that concept here in Central Florida? So Central Florida has a, a regional um, board, the Central Florida um, Academy of, of Hospitality and Tourism Board, but we wanna say, okay, how can we increase and have more of a footprint in Seminole County? <clears throat> Excuse me. So we engaged the school board at Seminole County and said, hey, tourism's grown. We're breaking these records. We got all these numbers up, but there's no foundation, there's no base to build off of. You know, what we have to do is establish a program. We can't always rely on talent acquisition and recruiting from different parts of the state or from individuals that have zero experience. Their baseline can't be zero. You know, so we engaged with them and partnered with them to create the first ever virtual Academy of Hospitality and Tourism under Seminole County Virtual School. So this was huge for us, this innovation, and, and we created our own board there with uh, Seminole County Virtual Schools, participate in that board, as well as the Central Florida Board. And at a time, especially now, especially now in the entire state of Florida, talent acquisition and hiring is at the forefront of everyone's you know, mindset. Because during the recovery, the entire tourism industry realized, okay, this pent-up demand right now is coming faster than we're being able to hire. Yeah. So the issue here is we have to continuously establish a program because we aren't always going to be able to outbid other larger counties for talent. We have to become the breeding ground for talent. You have to develop here and then you know, go out into the world once you cut your teeth in Seminole County. So through the virtual school, we've also now established a uh, hospitality program at Seminole State College. So from where there wow. was none, wow. now the foundation, now we finally have a foundation That's awesome. for the That's talent, awesome. for homegrown talent. And it's not, the goal isn't to keep the talent in Seminole County. Anyone that, 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 I mean, has anything to do with tourism knows you have to experience the world. You have to expose yourself. So it's here saying, hey, once you've reached that level, we are going to have someone else behind you. It's next man up, next person up concept. That's why it's a program opposed to, hey, let's see if we can just incentivize and, and have our labor costs continue to increase this year. Then all of a sudden we got to reduce and now, all of a sudden, the variability in, in talent that's coming into Seminole County, that's just as important as everyone else, if not more important to that guest experience, we need to make sure we maintain a certain standard here and not just have it fluctuate because at the end of the day, I'm not visiting a destination that doesn't welcome me properly. Uh, amazing. This, this is... Uh... It's so interesting on this podcast, uh, in my private conversations, we always talk about managing a destination, but this, I'm surprised how less often this particular topic comes in is talent management is also part of managing your destination. You can't just be talking about putting uh, a few mil million dollars here and building this attraction if you do not have people who are trained well enough um, to, to uh, add to that guest experience, right? The buildings, 
will, you know, the wow effect dries out pretty quickly uh, if you are not experiencing the humans around it. Uh, you know, we, we ourselves have to be very careful about building our products and other experiences because yes, it's, we cannot ever replace that somebody shaking our hands, somebody, you know, smiling and being able to uh, get that information to people, uh, again, ideally, and hopefully based off of their own experiences, right? Nothing like it. Um, I, think, I think there's a huge lesson here, uh, which I want to kind of let you kind of put it in ways, again, thinking of destinations around the world, who, whoever this podcast might reach over the next couple of years, uh, it seems like there's a huge amount of missed opportunity in working with local universities, uh, local, whether, whether it's for talent creation or simply just getting people to like. I went to personally went to Philadelphia, uh, Drexel University in Philadelphia, and I do not recall anybody in Philadelphia trying to actively promote to that university population and saying, hey, why don't you? And of course, Philadelphia has a lot to see, but how can we get connected within our university, uh, within, within the city, both, from, uh, both as a tourist, as a student, and uh, potentially, as a, potentially uh, as a career person into that industry, right? How much do you think is this missed opportunity? What can destinations do to kind of replicate what you have been doing there? And should they, or should they not? Yeah, I personally, again, coming from a high school program, I personally don't think the university is the first step to engage. I think you have to establish a feeder into the university. Mm -hmm. And that's where the university begins to engage because at the university level, it's a dollars and cents game. They wanna know about enrollment. You know, yeah. if I start this program, what's enrollment gonna look like? When you're able to turn around and say, hey, you have a base of 2000 students that are graduating from a hospitality program, yet you don't have a hospitality program for them to feed in. Now it looks like a missed opportunity from the university level. That's why it kind of mitigates risk from their standpoint. So that's why we started from the, because down south, when we were growing up through the Academy of Hosp Hospitality and Tourism in Miami Beach, there were still six or seven other Academy of Hospitality and Tourism in yeah. other high yeah. schools within Miami-Dade County. So we competed, we discussed, we, it, was, it was always a drive to the top and it also depended on your region. So for example, when you are at Miami Beach, the hotels are all next door. You're in South Beach, you have the convention center, you have the hotels. But when you're going down to, let's say the Doral area, well, that's Cruise Line Row. That's where headquarters of Carnival is, Royal Caribbean, Norwegian, all that. So that was more their focus. You see, that's how yeah. you can establish when we look at Orange County, we don't expect the Orange County students to have the same expertise level as our students. Our students should be focused more on authentic attraction, independent cuisine, European cuisine. That should be the focus here. When you go down to those schools, it should be more of a corporate style lesson. So then from there, now all of a sudden, you are not just getting talent, but you're getting specialized talent 
that not only have a foundation in tourism, but also have certain special techniques that can fit your needs. So that's why that's for, awesome. for, for us, high school is always, you have to develop a program. Me being a sports guy, we know that whenever there's a huge variation or fluctuation in your team, there's something wrong with the organization. You can't have the parity between, oh, this year we were championship contenders, the following year, you know, we're, we're, we didn't win a game. You know, that's, that's the number one concern. You have to have a certain standard that you establish, but the foundation has to meet the needs of that standard. And that's why our foundation starts at the high school level. So, so here's the thought that comes to me then. What do you tell, uh, you know, your peers, uh, executive directors, uh, presidents, CEOs of different, um, you know, CVBs and DMOs as to what is the value to you and your organization that you get uh, out of, uh, you know, doing a program like this? Or is it easier for you to, uh, to build your um, talent feeder, uh, you know, uh, capabilities, uh, but maybe somebody who has to deal with a 10 people board who have hotel, uh, you know, directors, the job is harder for them. How, how would they go about justifying that effort from their office perspective? Yeah, I, I think you first have to ask a question of what game are you playing? That has to be the first question asked. And again, uh, uh, no free shout outs, but I'm going to shout out Simon Sinek here. Uh, are, are you playing a finite or an infinite game? See, yeah. for us, we're playing the infinite game here. We're, we're playing, you know, we're not worried about next year's demand numbers. That, that's meaningless to us, to be yeah. honest. We're worried about, okay, when we leave, there will be a day where I'm not the director of tourism here. There will be a day where, you know, rebranding all that, but Seminole County will always have tourism. Yeah. So are you leaving Seminole County in a position for them to succeed years after you've gone? So that's the whole thing. We look at it as an infinite game. It takes time and it takes investment. It's, it's, you are dealing with, again, high school students that by the time you see their, their actual development and their value, you could have been gone two to three years. You know, it's something, it's an investment in time, but it's what's necessary. So that's yeah. the question I would always start off with, with anyone that's a president, CEO, is what game are you playing? Are you on a year to year basis or are you playing the infinite game? It, it, I, I'm so glad you say this. I mean, this is something, again, I feel like a, for better or worse, people are really caught up or they miss this point where they are investing in marketing and ad dollars when, when a lot of times some of their destinations really need focus on, you know, destination management, building, you know, building their uh, visitor journey map, but, you know, figuring out uh, what they stand for, right? I just, of course, you need to push the um, ad dollars year on year somewhere and get, get that little bit of uptick. 
but those ad dollars are gone and they're not coming back. And then you are going to have to be going back to the table and get more ad dollars next year. And you can only play that game so many times before people realize that you're not getting anywhere, right? So it's, it's that focus point on what is the, the long game uh, and what are we trying to do here and putting the energies there, even though next couple of years might be hard for, you know, and, and I'm talking about a lot of destinations that do not have, and we, we end up talking with a lot of them and do not have a huge natural base, whether it's natural beauty or this thing, they really have to work hard. Um, to be able to build certain things. Um, up, up north, there are so many destinations with an erstwhile corporate and factory bases, and now they have dried up and how are they gonna revive themselves, right? They, have to, they need to go in and really invest time into their own destinations, building their pipeline, both in terms of talent, as well as future capabilities or products that they have to offer. And then, and then that's when it's automatically going to happen. So I'm glad you bring that up. I, I don't know, uh, Brian, if you have any other thoughts, but uh, you know, this is something um, that it's, it's, it's definitely a clip. We should um, send yeah, oh, yeah. this. Uh, I, I made a yeah. time code. I made a note in the time code. I love the, when you said the concept of a infinity mindset or infinity, like you're right. You know what uh, we are, when you think past uh, our time, and we, uh, this is our time to do that, but we can with it for the next uh, next people who take uh, you know, move on, take the football and run down the field. Uh, but yeah, I do like the, the concept of that. Like uh, things go on long after you know, a plot of land, I should say, land, a county property, <laughs> I should say. But yeah, it's a great way to think about it. I'm really glad you brought that up like that. And um, with that, uh, I hope you don't mind uh, a few more questions here. And you've mentioned this throughout the whole podcast here. And I'm going to maybe just have one very specific question to it, kind of maybe I'll encapsulate everything because you've mentioned the sports complexes and you've mentioned, uh, you know, all the other initiatives um, that or you've alluded to them like a, by kind of like a name dropping. But I kind of want to dig into that a little bit more here. Uh, so just kind of want to talk about uh, if you can maybe expand on the strategic DMO initiatives that you were a part of uh, in, or for uh, Orlando North. And uh, kind of, if you want to go ahead and get into what the process was, uh, I mean, if you want to do sports complexes, I know that was a big one. You keep, uh, uh, you, you uh, refer, refer to that one quite a bit. So that'd be a good one as well. And uh, kind of go through the results of those. Yeah, yeah, it's very, it's very interesting because uh, I know that uh, some of our, our, our uh, locals here in the community, when they, when they hear the podcast, they definitely are going to want me to touch on this uh, subject. So uh, when I arrived in 2016, the uh, sports complex was on the final stages of its rebuild, and there was a rebrand from Visit Seminole to Do Orlando North. Now, <laughs> both happening simultaneously. So what we had was our community, when, when the studies and, and focus groups and all that was done by the uh, agency that, that led the uh, rebrand for us, there wasn't much of an internal study done within the community. So when I arrived, uh, it wasn't unanimous, the uh, acceptance of the rebrand. So there was actually constant strategic, you know, arguing you would say even to that point um and then they bring in this outsider from miami who just it looks more like a do orlando north type of concept than visit seminal 
So all this while we're building this, you know, finishing touches on this 30 some million dollar, you know, sports complex. So what, one of the initiatives that we had to do and, and bringing a team together and find out, okay, let's review what the rebranding studies were. And we have to come up with a communication strategy internally because we're here to promote the guest experience, not just the guest stay. So we can't have guests coming here and you know all of a sudden having this combative back and forth because a guest at the end of the day, they don't know county line. They don't care about county lines. No one cares about visiting Orange, Osceola, Seminole. No one cares about that. So we're there and we start saying, okay, how can we communicate to the leaders? what the KPIs are, how we're going to measure this, what are some of the small sample sizes that we can show. So uh, I had, again, I met with some of our community leaders, even in some of their, you know, kitchens. And was, I was challenged by some of the community leaders saying, you know, you won't come over here and talk to me. I'm just like, hey, man, whatever you want to talk, you know, and, and the message wasn't trying to convince them of the rebrand. The message was, so far, this rebranding has produced X number of KPIs. Yeah. They yeah. were better than visit Seminole County. Now, what I'm trying to say is I'm not trying to convince you to this new rebrand, but I'm saying that these KPIs are creating more jobs, are creating a larger e eco impact within the community. So yeah. my question then to you is, are the jobs and eco-impact more important than your opinion of the rebrand? So yeah. that's kind yeah. of the messaging that we went through and, and it was more of an understanding and it was more of a saying, hey, we understand that you didn't feel heard during this rebrand. That was a mistake on our part. We're gonna make sure to move forward X, Y, Z and make sure that we are in the community so your voice is heard on any upcoming marketing initiative. Yeah. So yeah. That, that was the toughest part coming in. And then when we brought the sports complex in, it's understanding the management of expectation. Because you invest $33 million, you know, you, you think you're gonna get $33 million, you know, revenue on, you know, first two months or hold on, what's going on here? So it was understanding that the forecasts of some of these brand new events may actualize at a rate of 60 to 70% as opposed to 80, 90%. Yeah. So that's yeah. where we would say, hey, what type of game are we playing? We're playing Fine there, we're playing Infinite. We just invested $33 million here. You know? yeah. So that's, that's where the communication within our team and within the leadership was saying, hey, Here's some lessons we learned. Here's some su successful events. Here's some events that haven't reached expectations. We're going to communicate and engage more with the event organizer to see what can we do. But we're also being very transparent, saying, hey, there's going to be competition for those dates. You are not automatically yeah. going to receive those dates because your event didn't perform at our expectations. So it's that fine line of transparency and communication, but it's all down into that basis of the infinite game. That is, uh, that is again, so, uh, so um, amazing. And uh, good question, Brian, there. Uh, it, it goes back to 
you know, what the, the, the long-term versus short-term game, not only that, but it also goes back to people not understanding, uh, you know, how much this particular job that you're host holding is kind of complicated. I wonder, again, going back to the ones who have to report to a board of director versus, uh, in your case, the county manager, is that is that who you report to? Is that yes, correct? That's correct. So, um, so how does, I mean, it's almost like they talk about, you know, uh, you guys being as, you know, as political operatives now, as much as tourism operatives, right? Which is definitely something that has to be done. You have to deal with a lot of people, but the, the key thing that strikes me is that conversation around KPIs, that conversation around numbers and getting your numbers straight. That, that in and of, of itself is uh, definitely another episode for us potentially, but, uh, but talk about how you even begin to agree upon what numbers to matter, right? You know, and, and let's spend only a couple minutes because I definitely think that's another episode that we could uh, uh, do, do, you know, do at some point. Yeah. Well, we always look at it as a two-part story. So perfect example is, you know, let's say we're looking at our website. Well, we're over here doing backflips that we've, you know, surpass the, the benchmarks uh, for our sessions, you know, by 50%. Oh, that's awesome. But if your bounce rate is 99%, it's pretty much useless to be honest yeah. with you. You know, yeah. so that's yeah. one thing. We always look at the two-part story when we look at, you know, oh, we've increased this many followers on social media. Fantastic. What's the engagement rate? Yeah, you know, that's that's the whole thing. It's always a two part story. When we look at our demand numbers, you know, we, we work with uh, Smith Travel Research, STR. So when we look at our demand numbers and we say, awesome, occupancy is up. Cool. What's ADR? What's rep bar? You yeah. know, and, and a lot of times we'll have some uh, sneaky DMOs. I know you guys are out there where you'll have uh, some type of closure and your supply declines and you start celebrating a double digit occupancy increase, let's, let's make sure we're transparent. You yeah. know, that's yeah. one thing we, for all of KPIs for us, we treat them black and white. It's 100% transparent. There's always something we're gonna be able to do better. And that's the beauty of it is if we succeed or we fail, the question still remains the same. What are we gonna do better next time? So why even waste a second of energy of saying, hey, I want to show this KPI, but I don't want to show that one. Right. Because that's the right. issue. A lot of times individuals will pick and choose on which KPI to show. Right. You know, so yeah. that we refrain yeah. from that. And we say the same thing. We tell everyone, look, if you are here to hire someone that tells you they're going to succeed all the time, that person is either God or a liar. My favorite one is my favorite one is when uh, in annual reports you see, oh, we are putting a pers more percentage of our uh, you know budget into advertising. That's just telling one of the story. Yes, you put more percentage of the budget in your ad story, but how much actual traction did that bring you? You don't have to talk about that to, to your board of directors. And I'm like, okay, you are actually investing more and more part of your budget in this thing. You are squeezing everything else. But in reality, 
the next county is doing the same thing. The county next over is doing the same thing. And you are basically all fighting and grind, you know, grounding each other to, you know, an unsustainable position. I, I was going to use the word death, but let's not do that. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot of that going around right now. <laughs> unsustainable is good enough. But that's, that's a favorite one to put just a metric around how many dollars you're spending, but not talking about what actual traction metrics that, that those dollars led to, right? It's, it's a good one. And, and that's the thing I want to I want to make sure is we have fun and it's it's a great time here in the CBB, but we are very budget conscious at the end of the day. It's not just hey a free for all party that's going on. Uh, when we saw the pandemic struck, it, for us our occupancy numbers plummeted around March 15, 16, just took an absolute nosedive. And February 2020 was our greatest demand month, greatest tax collect collected month of all time. So we that's didn't awesome. fall from the roof of the house. We fell from the top of the building. You know, that's what, what our messaging has been. And one thing that we did internally, and this is why we, we really don't have much of a turnover rate here. I, I, you know, outside of a promotion from uh, 2016 from our tourism coordinator at the time, uh, that's been the only turnover since 2016. So it's, it's been, I mean, for, for hospitality in terms, it's been kind of crazy to maintain that because first thing we did when the pandemic hit was we regrouped, looked at the budget, said, hey, we're not touching personnel. I don't care if we have to liquidate the entire reserves for tourism. We are not touching personnel. That's not how our DMO works. Okay. Yeah. These, are, these are our team members. We have their back through thick and thin. That's the whole concept. So we looked and we said, okay, prioritize the budget. So we looked and we prioritized and anything that was below a certain number of, in our priority list, we removed and said, hey, we'll get back to it when we're net positive. We're at about 4 million in tourism uh, reserves for us, which is huge for us being that our highest year ever collected was 5.8 million uh, bed tax. So having 4 million in reserves was, was amazing. Well, we actually now will come, we are net positive today on our collections. So we're no longer bleeding any money. And we're also going to go into the end of this fiscal year having over 3 million in reserves. That's awesome. So when we awesome. look at that and we prioritize, we're at a very, we're, we've gone through the worst of the pandemic. If the pandemic even went back two or three months ago, we would still be net positive. And it's yeah. all because we're yeah. prioritizing. And not only did we not lose a single team member, but we actually hired someone new into our team. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. so that's yeah. that's kind yeah. of the concept behind it is is make sure you understand that we know other DMOs that their first move was, hey, personnel, let's slash it by 30%. Yeah. That's not how we work here. It goes back to uh that long game thing that you just spoke about, right? You want to invest in your own people. You want to make sure, you know, you get, get them in a place where they're going to be comfortable and it's going to, it's the side, you reap what you sow from, uh, from that, that particular thing. So I'm, I'm glad uh, you, you said that. And I'm glad to hear firstly that you guys are already back up uh, to, you know, a little bit more than your normal, which is amazing. Uh, and again, that I, in my mind has to do, I mean, we could do, it would be interesting to, and I'm sure you're looking at it, is 
all the investments done prior to the pandemic in terms of building a long-term vision, uh, you know, you they definitely pay back in times like this. If we, if you were just relying on marketing dollars, they would have not kind of paid off as much. And without knowing your numbers, without knowing your history, I could bet on that, and I'd probably be right. So, um, so I'd like to definitely just just leave that there and someday be proven wrong. Um, but I'm pretty sure I won't be uh, on that. Yeah. So um, there's also. I, Whenever you were talking about like um, you know uh, the, the the sports complex and kind of investing in or a finite or infinite mindset, I kind of go back. It reminds me of uh, the uh, the NBA championships, uh, the playoffs, and the championships a little bit. You know why? Because I know it's in Orlando. I don't think it was probably your county. Is that more? I don't know if it was like a different county over here. Our, our sister county. Under sister county. Under okay. County, right under. <laughs> but there's a there's a lesson that I, I think I just learned from uh, from uh, what you communicated there was uh, when there's like they came time to do the NBA playoffs in the championship game and they're like well where can we where can we put all the teams and make this go in one area I'm like Orlando I'm like they have in- infrastructure for that and like they do yes and I'm thinking <laughs> well I put 30, uh, 33 million dollars into a to a sports complex who knows what the next need for that kind of ability is and what kind of uh, what kind of drive that is but the reason why Orlando was able to do that is because they invested there was an infrastructure for it and you can house the playoff teams from the NBA and keep everything working and, and televise it and broadcast it nationally and go on with it. So that's kind of the mindset I get from when you talk about finite or infinite, like, well, this is useful. Maybe, maybe it's not the 80% or this, if it's the 60%, but think long, long, long term. Who knows when we'll be we'll be in a position to offer our services for the area if, if that something like that ever or pops up, you know? Yeah, it was uh the part that was was insane about that was not only the NBA, but you also had the MLS. At the same time, within a 10-mile radius. Mm -hmm. That's the part that's crazy is is that complex is absolutely fantastic. I think they did an unbelievable job there of creating that bubble. I know for us, it didn't come to fruition, but we were speaking with an international soccer organization for FIFA, uh, creating that bubble concept here. Mm -hmm. So the part that was very interesting for us was it was actually attainable. Now, because yeah. of international visas, the NBA and um, uh, the MLS weren't affected by the international visas at that point because all the players were on their team and they were domestic. Uh, yeah. The international visas were, were the only hiccup. For us, yeah. we yeah. created a plan and got with everyone. We said, oh, wow, in a smaller scale, we actually can do this same bubble concept in Seminole County, not just in Orange. So, you know, the the pandemic through all its trials, tribulations, just harsh reality, absolutely just, I mean, destroyed everyone in the industry. But what it did for us was it pushed our boundaries. It pushed us to to ideas that I don't know if we would have even thought of that concept if we didn't have this pandemic. That's that's amazing. And that, amazing. and that does bring me to the last question too, I think, uh, as I think this goes right into it. Uh, so if you did have a magic button and when you pressed it, uh, you know, it would, uh, the thing that would, something would change and that thing would make your life way easier, fulfill the needs as needed there. What would the thing be that changes to make your life as a, as director easier? 
Well, for for me personally, I would love to have uh, an indoor complex, multi-purpose indoor complex here in Seminole County. Um, from a strictly ego standpoint, I do have an issue with our Seminole virtual students graduating in Orange County. Uh, really yeah. want to keep them here. But also with the fact that, again, when you bring in uh, outdoor complexes, it's fantastic and you do have hotel development, but the majority of hotel developers are looking for that select service extended stay type, you know, quick red to black investment property. You know, and for us, Seminole County is one of the smallest geographically. We're very dense. We have about 500,000 residents, between four and 500,000 residents. But we are one of the smaller geographic uh, counties in the mm -hmm. entire state. So for us, when we look at it and we preserve our natural, you know, treasure, our natural resources yeah. here and push ecotourism. So we only have a, a, a very small space for development. So what we're looking to do is see if we can, we have already an upscale luxury resort, um, a, a smaller 120 room in development in the pipeline now. We definitely with an indoor multi-purpose complex would look to bring another full service property one or two. So if there's any hotel developers, we're open for business, we're interested. Um, the indoor, the multi-purpose indoor complex is something that that is in heavy discussion right now, but it's also been in discussion for uh, a year or two. So <laughs> we're 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 ready to go, and if, if we can do that, I think uh, it would take it would continue to take our county to that next. There, there you go. There's your call to action right there. Any hotel developers listening to this podcast? <laughs> Make it happen, guys. Make it happen. Don't just wait around. And uh, Brian, uh, let everyone know where to contact Guy and uh, you know where to find him. Right? Uh, yeah. So. Actually, uh, the Guy is that okay? Maybe you'd be better if you uh, give us a call to action. How do we get in contact? Uh, if you want to do Facebooks or Twitters or whatever your call to action is, please let us know what it is right now. <laughs> Definitely on all social media: uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We have Pinterest as well at do Orlando North, D-O Orlando North. And uh, our website, www.doorlandonorth.com. Uh, all my contact information is there. You can reach out, call me, email me, uh, call the team. We're here for you. We, we send out our, our visitor's guide. Uh, if there's any type of, of swag, hats, book bags, any any of our other tchotchkes you'd like, just send me an email. We send that out. You know, with, with anytime you want to get in contact with us, this is not the email to our admin. This is not. I'll tell you right now, the uh, my cell phone is connected directly to the office number. So when you call the office number, you're actually talking to myself. So <laughs> if there's a baby crying in the background, that's just me. <laughs> Yeah. But uh, thank you. Thank you, Satya. Thank you, Brian. You guys are absolutely awesome. This is a great podcast. The visitor information, destination marketing, I mean, hoop board. You guys, absolutely amazing. Keep doing what you're doing. I, I couldn't be more happy to discuss. And whenever you want to bring me back, hey, I'm game. We, I already have, uh, and thanks for that plug, but uh, I, I, I'm already thinking of three or four episodes we can break off of like the conversations we had and KPIs is definite, definite one in my mind. I think there's so many people struggling with 
you know, figuring out what their KPIs are, what their KPIs mean to themselves. And I think I'm sure we'll have fun doing that one. You know, especially that being KPI topics, right? It's it's one of the most boring topics that you could get, but the most important that you can think of. So I'm sure we could make it fun. Um, but thanks a lot. This has been a blast. And I am glad we went just about 45 minutes over. Um, so <laughs> so uh, that's our original time, which is perfect the way we love it, right? Um, Brian, back to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, Guy Cunha, tourism director, Orlando North in Seminole County, Florida. He's a wealth of knowledge. Thank you so much for joining us today. It was a lot of fun. You're And Satya's right. I think we're going to be picking up more conversations in the future. Thank you for sharing your knowledge with us. And uh, as always, thanks for listening and thanks for joining us.